Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our lovely, lovely podcast, the Dynasteers podcast. I'm your host, Darius Capers. Okay. And with me, I have, of course, my brother, Henry Capers. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on, folks? And today we have a new caster with us sitting in in the studio. My yes, brother, sir. my boy, Campbell University alum himself, Mr. Alex Reed. What's going on, everybody? Sir, a.k.a. Pooh Shiesty. <laughs> hey, hey, Pooh Shiesty. You can bet, bet not leave your wallet around him, man. He going he gonna to get you. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Pooh Shiesty. And we are here bringing y'all episode two of the Dynasties podcast. A lot of football has happened since we last been able to speak with you guys. We've actually missed two weeks of football. We're going to use this episode here to just kind of summarize all that football, two different segments. Opinions of week one, opinions of week two are going to be our topics that we tackle today. We're also going to give you guys winners and losers of week one and week two. Offensive players of the week and defensive players of the week for both weeks. Any shocks of the week that we saw, what was good, what was bad, what was just mind-blowing for us. And last but not least, I'm going to just give you guys a little injury updates to help you with your fantasy teams before you got to lock those lineups in before 1 o'clock today. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Uh, We're going to tackle week one first. Let's just go through a couple of the scores, a couple of the stats of important games that we discussed that happened during week one. We have to start where the season started, Buffalo and Los Angeles. Yep. And and Sam stayed at home for that game. Buffalo Bills won 31 to 10. We also had Cleveland, Carolina, Baker's, Baker Mayfield's return against his team. Cleveland prevailed 26-20. We got Pittsburgh 23, Cincinnati 20, Indianapolis and Houston tied, the only tie of week one. Baltimore beat up on my Jets 24-9. Kansas City Chiefs, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals also stayed at home until the second half. Kansas City prevailed 44-21. to Can I talk the about Giants? Feel free. Can I talk about yeah, You know, I'm – I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, right? And so I give it back to you. But I just, I'm just so truly impressed with Pat's performance. You know, I think, I think Pat has got Pat's, Pat's on a different level this year. I think he's on a different level because he's got so much to prove. And so we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. But uh, you know, watch out for Pat Mahomes. Pat's probably gonna be the MVP this year. I don't see Aaron getting it. Aaron's look like he, he's his knee. He looking, he's looking real, real loserish right now. Um, Tom's not going to get it. Tom has the lowest passing yards in the NFL right now um, of all starting quarterbacks, so he's not going to get it. Uh, and, you know, I think I think Pat is really going to push the, that Josh Allen to the limits for that, that award. So we'll see. I'm excited. I think Pat's got something big coming up this year. So, If you ask me, those guys are 1A, 1B, and it's the rest of the field, you know, so definitely. Speaking of Mr. Two-time MVP himself, Aaron Rodgers played an egg against Minnesota. They took an L 23-7 to against the Vikings week one. The New York football giants held Derrick Henry to 82 rushing yards, and they beat the, t- the Titans, Tennessee Titans, excuse me, 21-20. to Tom Brady, although he's 32nd in the league in passing yards, 
He does have a 2-0 record. We'll get to that a little later. But they defeat the Dallas Cowboys in 19-3. The Saints beat the Falcons 27-26. Bears beat San Fran 19-10 in the Rain Bowl. The Eagles beat the Lions 38-35. Dolphins beat the Patriots 20-7. Alex, my boys, Commanders beat Jacksonville 28-22. Not easy, dog. <laughs> Carson Wentz was looking good week one. And last but not least, well, I actually got two games left. I apologize. Uh, Chargers beat the Raiders 24-19 in that division round matchup week one. And last but not least, Seattle Seahawks pulled off the upset against Denver 17-16 to in week one. So after hearing all those scores, fellas, who were your – top performers i'll go through mine real quick i had like henry mentioned pat mahomes saquon barkley josh allen fantasy studs that week tampa bay's defense truly came to play against a what we thought was going to be a good dallas defense who do y'all boys have well for me personally i feel like the top performer of week one was the bills as a whole josh allen came in and made a statement um when you beat a team the Super Bowl champions, 31 to 10. Um, it, what else can you say about that? Josh Allen came in and did his thing. Matt Stafford, underwhelming. Um, I feel like the Rams giving up Bond Miller was a big hit. Um, last year when they won, they had, you know, they had Aaron Donald, who is some might say he's the best defensive player ever. Um, and then you had Von Miller, who's a Hall of Famer. Um, you had Jalen Ramsey, who up until last year, didn't he knew how to play corner. Um, but when you come in and you lay an egg like that, um, as a Super Bowl champion, I feel like, you know, it shows weakness. I feel like, as Darius harped on, I feel like Josh Allen, well, I feel like Josh Allen's going to win the MVP this year. Um, I feel like the Bills are going to be the powerhouse team of the year. Um, and they, they show that in week one. Um, the second thing, the Bucks came in, beat the brakes off the Cowboys, 19-3. Uh, we thought the Cowboys, I know I thought for sure as a NFC least uh, member, um, I thought the Cowboys were going to come in and be the best team in our in our division, which isn't saying much. Um, but just like the Cowboys always do, uh, they always lay an egg, a big ostrich egg in week one. Um, proud of my commanders. Came in and got an easy dub against the Jaguars. Um, I don't see how many more easy dubs we're going to get. Um, and then finally, for myself, the Dolphins, people came in with um, with uh, doubts about Tua, uh, my Alabama guy. Um, but he came in. He has this this new tandem of, you know, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to go far. I think I don't think they're going to I think they're going to, you know, get a playoff game or two and be out. Um, but those are my those are my shockers for week one. I think those were I think those were really good shocks. I'll tell you, man. Um, and I, I've always said this to Darius. I'll say this to you too, Alex. I don't trust a quarterback out of the SEC. Um, I don't feel as though quarterbacks that play football in the SEC come into the NFL and translate well. Uh, but I think Tua and a combination of Joe Burrows may try to turn the tide a little bit about around that performance. Um, I need Joe to I need Burroughs to do a little bit more, man. Uh he's he's kind of let me down the first couple weeks of the season. 
but that's because I had him as a dark horse for the MVP. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't think two is going to be as bad as a lot of people, you know, are attributing him to be. So I appreciate, I appreciate that point. What I'll say is my week one surprises, uh, aren't really surprises, you know, again, Pat Mahomes, man, like, 360 yards on five touchdowns. Like, what can you say about that other than that's what he usually does? Pat is the guy. As a Kansas City fan who's had multiple quarterbacks, Matt Castle, Alex Smith, I've seen a bunch of these guys come through here. And I always like to uh, tip my hat to Alex Smith because I, I like to say thank you because he helped lead, lead the charge for us to uh, to be able to start putting the foundations together. But, you know, Pat Mahomes has really – stepped into that role he's made being the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs his own is also made being one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football his own as well and I think if he is going to continue that well into week three uh we're calling close to week three right but we're just recapping one uh one and two and I'm so excited because we have the Indianapolis Colts today and so if He's not your starting quarterback in fantasy. He better be before one o'clock because Pat going to tear them codes apart, bro. Um, another really dope top performer, man. Shout out to my guy, Justin Jefferson, man. He is pound for pound a pit bull, dog. I told y'all this on the first episode. Kirk Cousins needs to get Justin Jefferson the ball. When you have a question of what the play is on offense, it's going to Justin Jefferson. He needs to be the running back. He needs to be the quarterback. He needs to be a DB. You, you need to put him at safety, coach, because the only way you're going to stop somebody this season is if Justin Jefferson is at the helm. You're not going to win any games. Justin Jefferson didn't play well in week two, and they lost that ball game. He had four catches for, what, 56 yards in week two? Come on, guys. Justin Jefferson needs 11 targets like he got in week one so that way he can be a dominant ball player. He's the best player on that football team. He might be the best player in that division. And that's saying a lot because that division also has Aaron Rodgers. He and Aaron Rodgers are neck and neck in talent. I don't care what anybody says. Aaron is a two-time, three-time MVP holder, right? But Justin Jefferson in his first what, two seasons, has some of the best numbers of any receiver in the NFL history? Like, well, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? That's that's comparable. That is, I mean, get Justin Jefferson the ball. Week one showed you if Justin Jefferson touches the ball, if he gets a chance to put his hands on it and get in the end zone, he's going to be a problem. So that's, one of my, that's another one of my top performers. And I have to shout out, man, listen, I tell you, everybody knows there's one NFL coach who I strive to be like. I strive to be like this man because this man is a winner and this man is also black. Mike Tomlin, bro. I love Mike Tomlin, bro. Shout out to Mike Tomlin and that steel curtain defense for hanging high in the midst of all the adversity, in the midst of all the confusion that organization has had over the past couple of years. They are still winners. They are still ball club carrying like they they are a ball club that's going to continue to produce and that defense showed in week one that I don't care who's at quarterback I don't care who's at receiver a b juju I don't care what type of party what type of tiktok dance you're doing in the middle of the field that defense is still going to stay strong and that defense is still going to help you win ball games that was a huge win Steelers big ups to y'all That was a tremendous week one by that Pittsburgh defense. Um, 
I know there is a specific name that Henry wants to mention that he will get to later off of that Pittsburgh defense. That Pittsburgh defense has definitely shown that it doesn't matter who's at the quarterback position, who's at running back, who's at receiver. That defense is going to be a mainstay forever. So that just kind of segues right into another topic that we kind of sort of answered, but just to make sure that the answers are known for the listeners. It just talks about who who we believe won and who we believe lost week one and week two. So just like Henry mentioned, Patrick Mahomes was his major top performer, which he was everybody's top performer. I got to go on the other side of that coin, though, bro. I, I Even though Patrick Mahomes is my guy for fantasy in one of my leagues, Josh Allen, man, the way he dismantled that, that Super Bowl caliber defense for 353 all-purpose yards, four touchdowns. He had 297 in the air, 56 on the ground, three throwing, one to Gabe Davis. First drive of the game, the first drive of the game was flawless. 54-yard bomb, like y'all mentioned, to to Stephon Diggs with Jalen Ramsey. What's left of Jalen Ramsey in coverage? And then Isaiah McKenzie hitting him for 10 yards in the goal line. That was amazing. And then that rushing touchdown he had, he just he's showing his versatility. I truly, truly feel like he was the winner of week one. He was your offensive player of week one. It, it's it's not really close. Well, I can't say it's not close because, like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes had a tremendous day as well. But if I'm rating it of, you know, difficulty level, Arizona's defense is, is a little lower than the Rams' defense. So that's why I have to give my nod to Josh Allen. But and I, think, that defensive- I think, and I don't mean to cut you off, but we also got yeah. – like we also with Josh Allen's production, we always have to tip our hat to McDermott. McDermott, I don't know what it, whatever they're doing inside that organization offensively, they have figured it out, right? They have found the pieces that they need. They have a dominant number one receiver. Gabe Davis is emerging as a powerhouse number two receiver that if they don't lock mm-hmm. down, Gabe Davis is going to be on somebody's roster as their number one. Because Gabe can be a number one receiver, you know. And with Gabe's touchdown, they went under the center. They went a weak side play action. Gabe Davis faked the block. He faked like he was down blocking. And yeah, and just popped out. right out. He easily I mean, caught a wide open ball. Wide open, you know. Like defensively, I wonder what teams are thinking about when they're playing against the Buffalo Bills. Because my mindset is if I am playing. Josh Allen, there's so many dynamics or there's so many different elements to his game that we have to always be thinking, keep fresh legs, keep fresh legs. And I think a lot of teams don't do that. A lot of teams are like, hey, pin your ears back and go try to get them, go try to get them. And in actuality, that's that, that doesn't phase Josh. You Josh, If you drop in coverage, Josh is going to carve you up. If you go man on, Josh is going to outrun anybody you have in the first two levels. Like, like what what are you what are you supposed to do? So I love what they're doing offensively. I love what they have created in that organization. They have taken an organization that essentially was like a bottom barrel team in the 2010s and made it a ball club that we're like, yo, hold on, Jack. These guys are right where they need to be to win a Super Bowl right now. And I, I definitely tip my hat off to the, the the people in that organization because Josh is a Josh is the man. Josh is the real deal. Like he's not better than Pat in my mind, but y'all know I'm biased. So, <laughs> right. 
And just to do a quick harp on that, I feel like for any Super Bowl contender, you have to have that one-two punch. Yeah. You know, talking about Josh Allen being the best quarterback in the league, we got to talk about Stephon Diggs, who's on pace to be over have have over forty eight hundred yards in the season. We got to talk about that. Two hundred seventy yards in the first two games is nothing to sneeze at. So I feel like you know, if you have that instead in stone first two games, you ha- you were looking at a Super Bowl contending team. Um, in my eyes, it's between your Chiefs and the Bills. It's the Bills, the Chiefs, and everybody else is just fighting. Um, and it's going to take a landslide for any team not named the Chiefs. I think it was stupid on your, you guys' part to get a, give away uh, Tyreek Hill, who is, if he's not Devontae, Ad, he's not Devontae Adams, I have him as my number two wideout in the league. Um, mm. Definitely the fastest man in the league. Absolutely. Uh, have that with Pat Mahomes, who is a generational talent at quarterback. And we might be saying the same thing about Josh Allen, especially after this season. Um, when You got to keep all your chips together. You can't. Can't give them away. Uh, that was a major pickup for the Dolphins. But in my eyes, like I said, it's the Bills, the Chiefs, and then everybody else. Yeah. And I do want to go ahead and just touch on that point Alex did make. Stephon is on pace to actually shatter the single season receiving record, 270 yards in two games. He is actually on pace to have over 2,400 receiving yards and Josh Allen to pass over. So that is the start to the season, which is unheard of. I don't think Stefan Diggs will get over 2,400 receiving yards, but even if he breaks 2,000, I truly believe that will be the first receiver to ever break 2,000 yards. That would be amazing. And then that offense is definitely where it could happen. So just going off of that, uh, that leads me right into the defensive player of the week. And I went with the Houston edge rusher, linebacker, the end, uh, Jerry Hughes. He had three tackles. Two of those tackles were sacks. He also caught a pick, and he also had a forced fumble. And he was ample in them tying with the Indianapolis Colts this past week. So I'm in, in week one. I apologize. So he was a major player, and I truly believe that Houston has something. They have the skeletons of a team ready to compete. And that division, it's it's really a one-team race. So in the next few years, I could see them continuously develop and actually being something in the future. So I feel like I kind of know you guys as offensive players of the week, defensive players of the week. But if you wouldn't mind, just, just so the people at home can know, who do you guys have? Yeah, so uh, for week two, right, we talked a little bit about um, – we talked a little bit about week one, but I'll definitely jump into it. Uh, you know, my offensive player of the week for week one was Pat, man. Pat is just, again, I can't brag about him enough. He's my quarterback. He's a guy I'll ride with till the wheels fall off. Uh, as far as week two, man, I saw a lot of really cool things, saw a lot of really good things happen for me in week one. Uh, just as a fan, shout out to my Detroit Lions. Congratulations on the first win. Man, I'm a fan because of Hard Knocks. I followed y'all all season. So if anybody from the Lions ever listens to this podcast, give me a job. I've won two championships in three years. Uh, I'm very good offensively. I know what I'm doing. Um, also want to shout out Lamar Jackson, man. Lamar Jackson is a premier guy, man. He stepped up big in week two. I'm talking about 437 total yards, four TDs, man. And he did it all on 72.4% completions. 
uh, y'all need to pay that man. But what's going to happen is, and I'm excited, is that the Ravens will not pay him. And I'm really hoping that he finds a new home. I think that'll be part of my conversation next week where I think Lamar Jackson will end up. But I'm excited for him to go ahead and leave Baltimore. It's time for him to find a better situation. Um, definitely want to shout out to week two performance, man. Tua Tagovailoa, dog. Yo, Tua T off 72% completion, dog. Six touchdowns? Tua, I didn't know you knew what six touchdowns were. Like, I didn't know you knew how to throw the football. And then to do it on 469 passing yards, dog, that is an icon in the making if he can be even half consistent. So for me, my week two offensive player of the year, man, as much as I want to shout out, you know, my guy Lamar, as much as I want to shout out my Detroit Lions, I have to give half the trophy to the Dolphins offense, man. I want to put Tua Tagovailoa in that spot and say you get half of this trophy. Excuse me, you get half of this trophy, but I'm not too certain if it's all Tua just yet. I think right now it's more Mike McDonald than anything, but that says a lot, right? Because we've already talked. We attribute a lot of Josh Allen's success to McDermott. We attribute a lot of Pat Mahomes' success to Andy Reid. And so if we can attribute some success to Tua, I think Mike McDonald has a lot to do with it. But it cannot go without saying that the true week two offensive player of the week is my guy, Jimmy G. Nobody wants to talk about it, but Jimmy G is the quarterback that the 49ers need. He is the type of quarterback that is going to take that 49ers offense and that 49ers team back to another NFC championship game, which he's already done before. He is the best option at quarterback on that roster right now. And so I got to give him, got to give him a huge shout out because the 49ers were doing him real crazy this offseason. And I'm proud to see that he's gotten a chance to put it, put his worth back on the shelf. So. All right. Great take. I, I can't, I can't fault that at all. I'm going to go in a different direction here. Um, my week two offensive player um, is Jalen Hurts. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to turn the Eagles. Um, he's going to turn them upside down. Okay, uh, Jalen Hurts for, through the first two weeks, he's got a completion percentage of sixty nine point eight. He's got five hundred six uh, seventy six yards and a touchdown. That's my guy. I look. I, I I'm with Jalen Hurts the long way. I like his swagger. I like his attitude. I like how he's having this uh, Eagles team. <clears throat> looking look like looking like they're ready to be in the playoffs and actually give somebody a run for their money. Um and that's just the offensive side of the ball. I don't I haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball, which is also solid. Um now they don't have that much competition in the NFC least with my commanders. Dallas is looking like they you know what they are what we thought they were, an accident waiting to happen. Um the Giants, I have zero faith in the Giants. Uh I, I don't know what it is. I've just seen them flame out every year since Eli Manning was there. Um so that's my that's my offensive player for the uh for the week. Um a close second. Um still well it's not really close. It's one A one B and that's still Josh Allen. Josh Allen is tearing up the league. Um forty one to seven on the Titans. I know they have Ryan Ryan Tannikant. Um no. but <laughs> no no heels all flats with him. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. All no heels, all flats. Because he is horrendous, bro. I, I talked a little bit about it in episode one. I'm like, bro, they suffer from this Tannehillian theory of football, bro. Like this lack of change that they're willing to embrace. Like you bring in a kid, Malik Willis, in, correct me, with the fourth round, third round, this kid is an yeah. icon talent waiting to happen. He looks like all of the icons that play football right now. And you're like, mm, we're not going to play him. We're going to keep Ryan Tannehill in there because he's done so great for us. Like, you're not winning no ball games, bro. You got you have Derrick Henry, who is on the downward slope of his career as a running back. You need yes. to win now, especially after you've given Derrick Henry money. You need to win now. So I completely agree, Alex. You're right on top of that one, bro. I don't know, bro. Uh, I hate I I hate Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. Bro. <laughs> as a human being, I heard he's a great. He's, I heard he's a great person, but I think you're. I think he's he's showing his character when he says something like, "It's not my job to support the backup." Like that's that's a character flaw. I think that's a, a character flaw in your personality because y'all are all on the same team. I know this is a job as well, but like y'all are teammates, and I wouldn't want to coach a kid who's like, "Oh no, nah, I'm not helping the backup." Right. That's that's trash that you're a bad player. But I heard he's not a bad person in the league. And so I question, like, is there even a is there even room for him anymore? He's what, like 34, like 33, 34, something like that. I I believe they just gave him a new contract within the last two years. So he'll at least be on that Titan scene for another two years. Man, yeah, yeah, go ahead and get Vrabel out of there. Let's go ahead and get him out. That's what I'm saying. Let's go ahead and get him out of there, bro. He don't know football no more, bro. That Patriots tree, man. That Patriots tree of coaches. Get him out of there. I I don't know, man. Let me coach. Let me be the head coach of the Titans. I moved to Tennessee. Shoot. (laughs) I I get it in. Well, we, hey, we'll be, hey, we'll be, we'll be checking three years. You give me three years. Give me three years. We'll be in there. The AFC gonna be jumping. I'm, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna break Pat Mahomes' legs. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta stop him somehow. Like my God, got, like, got to. And, and oh, listen, the defensive oh. the defensive coordinator don't know how to stop him yet. Clearly, oh. put a forty one easy on him. Yeah, you gotta flatten his tires on the way to work. So I was like, I don't know, bro. He'll get to the game late. Yeah, something. Bro, they'd probably send a limousine to go get Patrick Mahomes. Helicopter. If his tires got flat, yeah, he's getting to that game. Trust and believe. Right with the Swifters, bro. They getting the Bentleys. They getting the Lambos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, well, you gonna think it's the, you don't think the president coming to that team? Right, game. it's gonna right. be a. a <laughs> that would be hilarious. They are gonna man. land the helicopter in the middle of the field, and they are gonna be like, "Here you go, Pat." Gonna hop out in his jersey, and he gonna just the helicopter is gonna fly off, bro. Like I would, I would pay to see that, bro. Like, almost no, like we'll remember when, almost remember when, um, remember in Space Jam when Michael Jordan came back at the end, at, and they dropped the spaceship on the baseball field. Like that's yeah. exactly like how he's gonna come out. They're gonna play some really cool music. Like I believe I can fly, but it's not gonna be the R. Kelly version. It's gonna be somebody yeah, 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 like John Legend. Yeah, they gonna get yeah, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't support R. Kelly. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 That man's a menace. Um, <clears throat> I have a, I have a confession, guys. I know the the Packers beat uh, the Bears twenty seven to ten. Um, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be his own pitfall. Now, granted, just by default of who's in their division, um, they're going to get they're going to get the number one seed in that. Um, but I think they're going to be a one and done. 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a, a is a, can galvanize the troops. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to have a set team, and I feel like that's a reason why he only has one Super Bowl. Actually, I know that's the reason why he only has one Super Bowl because you have to be able, as a quarterback, you have to be able to not only throw out of the pocket, but you have to be able to get the guys around you to be able to believe in it. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you're supposed to believe, but there's no reason why they should be as disappointing as they are. And there's been a lot of finger pointing. Um, I feel like as a quarterback, you're not supposed to point the finger as much as Aaron Rodgers is doing. Look at Tom Brady, for example. Um, Leonard Fournette came in out of shape. You are the you are the star running back for that team. Um, and we didn't see Tom Brady saying, okay, we need these guys to you know get on track. We need these guys to be able to learn the, the plays, get, you know, basically say we need Leonard Fournette to eat less. He didn't come out and say that. Um, and that's why, you know, Tom Brady is well, it's one of the reasons why he's the GOAT. Other performance is the other reason. Um, but but that's that's one of my shockers for week two. Even though they won, I don't see um, you know, Aaron Rodgers doing as well as many people like to say. I think his time is coming as the as the end of the quarterback. If I was Tom Brady, I mean not Tom Brady, if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would fly down to Vegas today. I would tell Devontae uh Adams, um, I apologize. Come back, save us, please, because I need my my number one back. Okay. Yeah, those are all tremendous points. Aaron Rodgers, man. You can you can beat up on the Bears, but you don't play the Bears 17 games a season. So right. I mean, right. that's only two dubs for you. And clearly, Minnesota gave you trouble. I mean, who's to say you're not going to have trouble with, with the Lions? Because the Lions are playing good football right now. Absolutely. That kind of goes into my top performer of the week. I know you mentioned him, Henry. Amonor St. Brown had a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous receiver day this past week. Him and Jerry Goff were just – they were just on the same page. Amara St. Brown in that victory against the Commanders. He put up nine catches, 116 yards, and two scores, two incredibly big scores. They were losing at a point in that game, and they really had to fight back. And he was very, very pivotal in getting that game as a win for the Lions. Uh, I also mentioned Tua T. You got to mention him. That 469 yards and six scores that he threw, tremendous. Like you said, never in my day would I have thought that Tua would have done that <laughs> especially to the Ravens when they were losing how bad they were at halftime another guy I mentioned was Aaron Jones uh, Aaron Jones showed that he can try to be that offensive weapon for that that Green Bay Packers team but I don't know if you can have a small running back be the the guy on the team I truly feel like you need a good receiver just going through a couple of the scores just that were important games your Kansas City Chiefs had a really good comeback game against the Chargers. They were down at halftime, if I'm not mistaken, 17-7. to And then that defense really locked in, and Patrick Mahomes showed why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. As I mentioned, the Lions beat the Commanders. The Buccaneers are 2-0. I know he mentioned Tom Brady's not having the greatest passing season, but they did beat the Saints 20-10. to The Patriots walked backwards and tripped into a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 17-14. Right. They're just a very bad ball club. I'm I'm not believing in the Patriots. That is is the reasoning why I feel so strongly about what I mentioned, our episode one, about the Patriots finishing last in our division, the AFC East, which leads me perfectly to 
my New York football Jets and how we had one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history against the Cleveland Browns. And we prevailed and got the victory 31 to 30. Joe Flacco threw for 307 yards. Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Week, 102 yards and two scores. Tremendous game. I watched that game live on NFL Plus, and that was a great victory by us. I also want to mention the other team up in New York, the New York Football Giants. They are 2-0 right now. <laughs> they in for victory against the Carolina Panthers. They just played a worse team than them, so they couldn't help but win. And honestly, I think we all can agree the game of the week was the Ravens and the Dolphins, and the Dolphins prevailed for 42-38. to 38. So uh, people that were missing this week of action, T. Higgins was out with, a, with an injury. He had a concussion that looked really bad. I don't know if you guys saw that hit. Dak Prescott and Connor McGovern for the Cowboys were out. The Cowboys O-line gets thinner. Dak Prescott injured his thumb. He ended up having surgery on that. That steel curtain defense that Henry mentioned earlier, they were without their, their number one curtain. T.J. Watt was out with a pectoral tear. Elijah Mitchell sprained his knee. It looked like a, a they thought it was a little worse than it was, but they're hoping he'll be back this week. And Chris Godwin was also out with a hamstring strain. And, man, it seems like Chris Godwin is just kind of hitting injuries right now. So yeah. <sighs> the winner of week two, I definitely went with the Packers. And I know we mentioned that the Packers team is kind of fluttering to their demise. But I really feel like they needed to get off the schneid and get a win this week, week two. And that's what they did do. Aaron Jones played well. And the loser of week two I have is the Cincinnati Bengals. Come on, man. With with Dak Prescott sitting on the sidelines, you can't beat Cooper Rush and right. Noah Brown? Right. right. They're not looking like the Super Bowl contender that everybody thought coming into the season. So – that just segues into my offensive player of the week. Like I mentioned, Amonra St. Brown and Aaron Jones, they both had great fantasy days. But the defensive player of the week, and I really wanted to mention this point right here, Henry's guy, Justin Jefferson, had a tough day because of this guy and this guy alone. Darius Slay for the Philadelphia Eagles. He, When he was guarding Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson had two catches, was targeted six times. Darius Slay finished the game with five deflections and two enormous picks. One of them came in the red zone, stopping the Vikings from scoring. He played tremendous in coverage, and he's showing that he's still one of the better corners in this league. And my shock of the week, my Jets prevailed against the Browns. Mm, that's dope. I, and I'm glad you brought up shocks of the week, right? Because I'm sitting here looking at, like, what I think a huge shock would be, right? Shocks for week one, like, you know, there's no place like home, man. Like, Russ just didn't get it done in Seattle. I, I was expecting more out of Russ, and I think that's a significant shock for me this entire year is that that Broncos offense has just not been good at all. And so that's that's significantly shocking for me. But, like, overall, my shocks thus far, man, Alex Highsmith. I've got to brag about this guy because nobody else is saying his name right now. Alex Highsmith is a daggone good football player, man. This kid coming right here out of Charlotte, North Carolina, bro, like coming out of the Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte, 
he played some good football, man. He's playing some good football right now. Right now, he is totaling in sacks, 20, uh, 20 tackles, four and a half sacks. Like, nobody is mentioning this, but I think that while they do not have uh, T.J. Watt, I think the Steelers are still in really good hands because I think Alex Highsmith is going to play some good football. I think he's going to fill a gap, fill a need for them that when you get Watt back, now you have two pit bulls who you know are going to be chasing down the quarterback on a regular basis. The Steelers did not miss on this guy. This guy reminds me of um, Harrison. He reminds me of Harrison. He used to be or used to be with the Steelers. My, by the way, I, I'm a huge fan of Harrison. Just by the way, he lifts like he's a strong guy, man. And he is. Uh, he's also in one of my favorite TV shows, Heels on stars if you're not watching it uh about pro wrestling so uh but i'm I'm just a fan of alex highsmith man he deserves a lot of praise and so that's a huge shock for me seeing his progression um it's something man the tiger tigers just don't change their stripes guys you know either a tiger is going to be tough or a tiger isn't going to be and right now we're seeing the Bengals not be a tough ball club i'm starting to think that lightning doesn't strike twice man in the same place the Bengals team does not look like the Super Bowl contending team they were last year. This team, for whatever reason, is underwhelming because I think they have run into the understanding that we don't have the talent some of the other teams have, and we benefit. I think the Bengals benefited last year from – other people falling flat. Other teams fell flat. Other teams didn't play well. And I think they capitalized on that. The Bengals should have never made it to the Super Bowl. The Bengals should have never made it to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be transparent with y'all. Like, I can't imagine that they'll come and beat Kansas City again today. Like, like I, if they played 10 more times, they wouldn't have beat Kansas City. Right? But it's just that, it's that one moment where they catch teams slipping. And I don't think teams are going to slip against the Bengals this year because they know that if they do, the Bengals can capitalize. Uh, don't be surprised if the Jets don't capitalize at home. It hurts me to say it. Like, it feels like somebody's kicking me in the chest and um, pulling my teeth out at the same time. But I think the Jets might get a home win today against the Bengals. I'm actually really scared for the Bengals because if they go 0-3 this year, that means they're probably not going to go above 500 because there's certain games that I know they're just not going to win this year. There's certain games I know they're just not going to win this year. Like I, at this point right now, I'm not confident that they can beat the Steelers twice. You know, at this point right now, I'm not confident they can beat the Ravens twice. And so if they split series right now, if they played the Ravens twice back to back and they played the Steelers twice back to back and they split both of those series right now, that team is two and five. That's a scary reality. And that team was in the Super Bowl last year. So I don't know, man, I'm really shocked at where the Bengals are at right now. So I'm, I'd be interested to see what else they do. Another team that shocked me right now is the LA Rams, man. The LA Rams is such a depleted ball club. You know, it's, it's almost like a pendulum, man. It's, you know, what goes up must come down. And when that team is a wealth of talent, you let some of that talent go, you've got to replace it or you're just going to be significantly worse. A team 
with a Aaron Donald who's ready to retire, a team with a Jalen Ramsey who's getting exposed, a team with no longer has Von Miller, a team who knows how, no longer has Van Jefferson at receiver, a team who no longer has Odell Beckham at receiver. You know, you have to look and say, what does that team have? And if that team only has Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, that is not enough to win another Super Bowl. It wasn't enough before you had Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald before you had Matt Stafford, and it wasn't enough. And so what makes you think that now that they're older, it's enough now? That team's just not loaded enough to be able to win ball games. And so I wouldn't be surprised if L.A. doesn't fall flat as well. But I said this in, we, I said this in our first episode. I think that that division – is the Cardinals to win. The Cardinals have to capitalize on the fact that the Rams are not going to play good football. And so if the Cardinals do what they're supposed to do, I think they can really take this on as an opportunity to dominate in that division. So so those are my shocks for week one and two. Just piggybacking real quick off that shock you mentioned about the Bengals, the only other team to make it to the Super Bowl and start off 0-2, this is the first team to do it since the 2015 Carolina Panthers, led by MVP Cam Newton. They also made it to the Super Bowl loss and then came back the next season 0-2, and we see how that finished. They didn't even finish 500, so it's not looking good for those Bengals, man. Yeah, them them, them, uh, them baby Tigers are definitely in trouble. Um, no, Joe Burrow, I would like to see the Bengals, even though he's injured right now, I would like the Bengals to try to get Odell Beckham Jr. I think you need another threat of that wide-out spot. Um, and let, let, we can't act like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. isn't the truth. I mean, he's not what he was in, um, with New York, definitely not. Um, and he's not, not what he was, you know, with Cleveland, even though Baker Mayfield sabotaged him, I think he was, a good, he would be a good pickup for the Bengals. Um, I think the Bengals, <clears throat> I think they need to beef, beef up their defense. I would have liked to see the Bengals try to get Von Miller, um, when he, as a free agent, um, but as they currently stand, it's LJAC's conference to uh not conference, it's LJAC's uh division to win. Um even with the injuries that they have, he's still in my opinion, he's still a top five back in this league, quarterback in this league. So you have to capitalize on that. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. One of the things uh I was on Twitter the other day and I get like NFL rumor reports and stuff like that. It was a uh it was a rumor that came out that Odell has already named the three teams he wants to play for when he comes back healthy. He wants to play for either that as well. LA, Buffalo, or he wants to go back to the New Jersey football giants. And exactly. he goes back to the giants. I'm not going to lie to y'all. He goes back to the giants. The giants become a contender because Saquon is healthy. He's running the football well. I think that having Odell gives Daniel Jones a little bit more consistency, right? I had always had consistency questions. Darius and I got a chance to see Daniel Jones play live a few times when he was here at Duke. And uh, I always questioned his consistency. But one thing you never could question was his athleticism. He was always an athletic quarterback. Um, But I think Odell gives him some consistency that will – Help that team turn the corner in that division, like you said, Alex, where there's a lot of room for someone to emerge late. That is a division where you don't know the winner of that division until week 16, 
week 17 right. because every team in that division is essentially bad against each other, but then plays well against other people, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if he, if Odell doesn't choose going back to the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants don't, you know, make a little noise. I wouldn't be surprised. Got to shout out some of those, uh, some of those players that have been sitting at the house waiting for the right opportunity to a guy like Cole Beasley. Darius mentioned it a couple of days ago when he and I were talking offline that don't be surprised if players don't start doing this where they sit at the house and don't accept deals. They, they're waiting to figure out who's going to be the contenders. They'll sign with teams that emerge to be big-time ballers, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if Odell isn't watching more football than a little bit, taking trips every week, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go see what's up, see what the organization looks like before I make my decision. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I think that's a, a dope point, Alex. If, if the Bengals could bring in somebody like Odell, listen, get out of it, it, it would be Joey. It would be Joe Burrow's team to let down. He would, he would, he would have to let that team down for that team not to be successful. Right. I agree. And honestly, that brings up a valid point. I'll actually answer that question as well. Alex mentioned, OBJ signing with the Bengals. Henry, I know you mentioned him going back to the Giants as his drafted team. Odell Beckham is a player that can really still come in and actually do a lot for a football team. We saw what he could do with the Rams last year. Like you guys mentioned, he's truly, truly missed up there in Los Angeles. So a team that I would want to mention that Odell signing with, because I I know he was at the Rams and the Bills game week one, because, you know, those are both of the two teams he's looking at. But a team that I wouldn't mind seeing Odell sign with, and, and you guys might look at me crazy when I say this, but the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys yeah. need another receiver. They do. I agree. I, look, I'm an Oklahoma Sooner diehard. We lost this week. Don't even want to speak about that. But <laughs> Y'all lost to Kansas State. I was watching. They lost to Kansas State. 41-34. That game got. I was watching game the game. and I cut it off because I was like, I know Oklahoma's not going to lose. They'll come back. <laughs> Man, no. They'll come back. But but I, I, I like CeeDee Lamb as a receiver. I truly do. But I feel like CeeDee Lamb needs another guy. This at Oklahoma, Oklahoma's kind of wide receiver you. They've produced a lot of tremendous wide receivers, and especially on the college level. There's a lot of, there was a lot of talent on those teams you played with. And so, him being there, being able to work the slot, being able to go outside against your second corner while other guys are being covered, it's easier for him to get easier catches and get wide-open looks. But now in the NFL, with him being the best receiver on the Cowboys roster, he's facing those Patrick Sertans. He's facing the Jalen Ramsey's. He's facing the Jair Alexanders. He's facing those number one corners. And he struggled with Dak. He had two catches week one. And then this past week, the best receiver on the Cowboys looked like Noah Brown, if you ask me. So I truly feel like the Dallas Cowboys can use a guy like Odell, especially when Dak gets comes back, he comes back healthy. He could use a guy that's already established in this league that knows what to do. But I just don't know if I would want Odell to go to the Cowboys. The Cowboys could use Odell, but, man, Odell could do a lot better than the Cowboys. So. That's honest. That was honestly a, a good topic to speak on. A, a team that Odell can go to and really help. I really like that. He could he could do a lot better than Dallas, 
but I think Dallas has the money to make it worth his while. I right. think Dallas has the ability to put together whatever that package might be, whatever that might look like financially for him to say, okay, you know what? I'll bet this year after I just won a Super Bowl on the Cowboys versus, you know, the Bills or, you know, because to be honest with you, the Rams we know are probably not going to the Super Bowl. I can say that of the two teams he's mentioned or he's rumored to have mentioned he wants to go to, the Bills have the best chance. But I think it comes down to Buffalo's ability to be this consistent all year long. I think Buffalo's inconsistency and their history of inconsistency leads me to believe that Buffalo may not make it to the Super Bowl this year either. And so if I'm Odell, I'm definitely considering a Cowboys type of job because the NFC is a whole lot easier to get back to the pinnacle than it would be the AFC. And at least, at least in the NFC, I know that if I go to a team like, let's say he goes to Minnesota because he Odell would fit great in Minnesota as well. Odell would fit great with the Cowboys. Odell could easily go back to the Giants. You know, if he decides to go to some of these teams in the NFC where the quarterback is average to above average, he ain't great, but he's above average and he's serviceable and could be a target for a team that's a serviceable offense. Odell could find himself if he goes to the, if he goes to an NFC team, Odell will be back in the Super Bowl. But that goes back to the theory I told you last week. Uh, and I told you in week one, I told you any team that signs Odell Beckham is going to the Super Bowl. Question then, with that being said, the Cowboys are always, um, we never know what we're going to get with the Cowboys, ever. What about the Eagles? What about uh, OBJ coming in to be a second to the Devontae Smith, Heisman winner Devontae Smith, and trying to make something happen there? I think that could work. I think that would be a blame-free zone because the Cowboys always try to find a scapegoat. Um, OBJ is coming off of an injury. Um yeah. And the Eagles are already on top, so it's kind of making the rich get richer. You can get him on a on a on a on a deal less than what he's worth because of he's coming off an injury, and the and the reward is a championship. I think that that would make the Eagles a championship. And just like you said, Henry, the NFC least they're all we always beating up on each other. I think that would put us head and shoulders. Well, that not us because I'm a commander, but I think that would put the Eagles head and shoulders above the rest of the division. If they had to, uh, OBJ, I like I like those, but the only issue is they got uh, AJ Brown, and I don't think there's enough yeah. passes to go around because AJ Brown is a high volume yeah. receiver. He's a big body. He's somebody that, while he has the mobility, while he is quicker than usual for his size, you've got to put the ball in his hands. You've got to target him 9, 10, 11, 12 times. If you're targeting him 12 times and you're targeting Devontae eight times, then you've got um, uh, Goddard. You got Goddard. You got got Goddard at tight end who needs eight targets. Right there, we've already thrown the football 36 times. If we go, you know, if we go 20 targets out to the wideouts and then 10 to the tight end, we've thrown it 30 times. To add an Odell Beckham to the mix, 
I think then takes away that element of having a significantly valuable running game that I think the Eagles need to maintain. They need to maintain whatever component of their running game they have because that's what's going to help them win in November, December, January. This passing thing is because it's still warm outside. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Philly ain't throwing the football like that come November, come December. When them balls, when that that ball is rock hard and it's like, man, like it's hard to catch it. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. They they gotta pause. My fault, y'all. That was that was a little crazy. That was <laughs> that was nah, you good. You good. Crazy. We, we 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 knew you were talking about yeah, like it being fault. cold outside. <laughs> And Alex the football Reed. being hard to catch. <laughs> Pause. My fault, fellas. We good. We good. And but, another another point about that, though, Henry, that's what I was going to say as well. The Eagles are a run-first football club. They are, they are 60, 40 run to pass, 65, 35 run to pass. And I would feel like that would put too much pressure on their second year third year starting second year starting quarterback third year quarterback Jalen Hurts yeah. if you bring in Odell Beckham now he has three 1A or like two receiver like he has top two receiver like that can be a one or two on another team like you mentioned Devontae Smith he already has AJ Brown bring in Odell Beckham Dallas Goddard Quez Watkins Kenneth Gainwell in the backfield uh, they got Miles Sanders in the backfield. That would be a plentiful amount of riches for an offense that if I were to say maybe the quarterback was somebody like a Matt Stafford who throws the ball 40 times, like a Josh Allen who throws the ball 40 times, that would be perfect. That'd be a perfect fit. But just the way Jalen Hurts, and I like Jalen Hurts too. Like I said, Boomer Sooner, that's my guy. I, I Hey, you ask me, he played Oklahoma. He ain't play it at Bama. But – that's my guy, but his strength is his ability to use his legs. And so just getting a guy like Odell, that I feel like that put a lot of pressure on him and pressure to have to throw the football unnecessarily when, like Henry mentioned, they're one of the best running teams in the league right now, if not the best. So, I, but But that would be interesting. That would truly be interesting. If they got a guy like Odell and Odell knew coming in, like, hey, we're a run first team, you're gonna get maybe five targets a game. I personally don't think Odell would even like that. I think but I mean I was coming at Odell as the veteran, not Odell in New York. Um yeah, okay. Probably, you know, be able to mentor those guys, at least for that one year. I think that would make them um untouchable because of the the wealth of options that you have. I think you'd have to put right. Odell in a slot position, not necessarily a wide out, but probably put him as a slot. And even then when you have Odell and then you have Devontae Smith and then, like you guys mentioned, A.J. Brown, who are you going to guard? Who are you going to defend? Nobody has three top corners on the same team. That's true. Most teams only got one. Sometimes they only have a half a good corner, really, looking at the, looking at uh, Jalen Ramsey. That's true. But, but, now, but now my question is this. Do y'all think that Hurts is – do y'all think Hurts is the type of quarterback that could take all of this talent and benefit from it? Because you've, we've seen it before. You give a wealth of talent to a quarterback that is still a little iffy. There's still a little middle ground, right? We're watching it right now with Tua. Tua has yeah. a wealth of talent. 
on that roster. But there's also a lot of question marks around Tua. Nobody would have told – there was nobody in the country who would have said that Tua was going to throw for six touchdowns over 400 passing yards against the Ravens. Right. You couldn't. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have said that at halftime. He was going to come back and win that ball game. And so I, I say this to say that I, it's not that I don't think Jalen Hurts is good, but I just think that the team is good enough for Jalen Hurts right now. Got if right. Jalen Hurts was Aaron Rodgers, I would say, hey, bring bring in Odell. You know, exactly. Hurts is Jalen Hurts, and so I say, hey, let's manage expectations. Let's be realistic. If we bring him in, Odell Beckham, with all of these other pieces around him, will he get overwhelmed with the obligation of, I've got to give X targets, I've got to give Y targets, I've got to give Z targets, I've got to give two backs targets and a tight end. I think that really puts that offense in a bad spot because right now the Eagles are number two in the NFL for rushing yards. Yeah. I think they need to maintain that consistency of putting the football on the ground, being okay with saying, all right, we we do a good job running the football. They lead the NFL in touchdowns on the ground. Let's keep running the football. And then you have to compensate for the fact that an element of Jalen Hurts' game that makes him such a deadly quarterback is the fact that he can run. And so you put all of these weapons around him, you're taking him out of that element that really makes him feel comfortable being mobile because you've got – Three really bomb receivers. We know what they're doing. They're dropping in zone. They're going to try to put put you in some type of contained situation. And so now they're going to force him to have to throw the football. And I can't guarantee you that Jalen Hurts is always going to make the right throws. Not yet. I can't make that. I cannot agree with him making the best throws 80 or 90% of the time. I think he's a 50, 60% of the time. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, 80, 90 you uh you know pat uh pat josh 70 80 he's a 50 60 for me and i can't guarantee you that bringing in odell beckham makes him a better player i think it makes the team better on paper but i don't know if it helps him any so right now i agree with you bro i i truly agree because even going back to his college days he was his best when he had the number one receiver and then a group of guys. Right. And so, like, I, I remember Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma, he did have CeeDee Lamb, and then the rest of everybody else. We had the Denzel Mims, and we had those other, like, so- not Denzel Mims, excuse me, Marvin Mims. I apologize. They are related. That's why I mixed them up. But when he had that that dominant number one receiver, Marvin Mims, the rest of the other guys, they were good. Uh, Charleston Rambo, he had those type of guys, those those – role-playing type of guys going back to Alabama he had he had Judy and then he had the rest of the guys I mean I know Alabama's a a powerhouse team but still we saw what Tua did when he came in and got all of those weapons they they were won the national championship so I truly feel like him having a guy like AJ Brown is the type of receiver he needs a big body guy huge catch radius can make a lot of plays and then having a guy like Devontae Smith, who's is his homie, he played with him as well. At he he had him one of his college teammates. So, and the crazy thing is, he had Devontae Smith as his as his receiver, and Devontae Smith didn't become Devontae Smith until he had Mac Jones. Right. 
That's what I'm so it's like he can have a wealth of weapons, but he's always gonna go back to where his bread is butter, and that's that number one guy. So I I truly agree with you, bro. I feel like that would put a lot of pressure on him. It's wild to hear that they are the number two rushing team in the league. I would like to hear who's number one because I truly thought they were the first team. So that's really interesting. We already know who number one is is for running. Like, I mean, the the team with the best running back duo in football right now, and that's the Cleveland Browns. You know what I'm saying? Like that is true. The Browns have the best duo in football. So Nick Chubb has been cooking both weeks. He he oh man. He was he was killing us on the ground, but listen. It's hard. It's hard to have. It's hard to have conversations about running attack without talking about the Cleveland Browns because that, in my opinion, the Cleveland Browns are the team that embodies their identity the best of what they can do offensively and what they can do defensively. They know they're going to rush the passer. They know they're going to run the football. Like anything else outside of that, I think is a little bit too much. And I think that's why Baker Mayfield, uh, Odell Beckham. I think that's why. Um, uh, which is Jarvis Landry. I think that's why that didn't work because they were outside of their identity. They need to run the football. And what they're doing right now, man, it's two games into the season. They're already at half a K rushing the ball on the ground. That's huge. Like that's huge. That 572 yards to be exact on five touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. That's huge. They've had, they've got six runs uh, they've got six runs of 20 yards or more. Mm-hmm. I feel like two or three of those came against us uh, this past week. So Listen, that the, is the next team with runs of, of 20 yards or more is the 49ers, the Eagles, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Lions. And they all are tied for three. So these that means that lets you know that they've embodied their identity and they're running the football. Like, I don't want to segue, you know, or leave topic, but I really do think that in order for the Eagles to have that statement that they want to have, you know, they need to do, they need to follow suit, embody your identity. And Jalen Hurts is a quarterback who needs to find a target, throw to a target. So I'm not surprised if we don't get a chance to like to look at how they call things offensively. And he's a one read guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts is a one to two read receipt or one to two read quarterback right now. I don't think he has the capacity to go from left to right or right to left reading all the receivers. I think he's given a concept that says you're looking at uh Devonte Smith on the first read if not go find AB or, or go find uh, yeah go find AB like find them like yeah. like find, and if not yeah. get out of there <laughs> get, yeah, find AJ Brown if not get out of there you know like I wouldn't be surprised right. at that because that is what he's accustomed to that's what got him benched that's what caused him to transfer that's what caused him to be so successful in Oklahoma because they said, hey, right. we're going to take a lot of the pressure off you. One, two, get out of there. And, that, and that's truly what it was, bro. It was truly yeah. CeeDee Lamb, Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. scramble. So, mm-hmm. but you mentioning Cleveland really takes us into our next point perfectly. When anytime we think about the Cleveland anything, mm-hmm. we think about disappointment. So, after seeing two weeks of football, what were you thinking about the teams that you were high on in, in terms of looking at them now? For for instance, and just to give you guys an example, 
the most disappointing teams. I have three. I have the Raiders. I, I was so high on the Raiders, man, but they really might just be fourth in that division by default. They just have the, the fourth best quarterback in that division, and that's with a rookie head coach and a Russell Wilson that people are considering washed. Devontae Adams cannot, you know, make everything all right with that team, clearly, because, I mean, it's, it's just not working yet. Uh, another team, I wasn't really high on them, but this is another disappointing team. The Titans, man, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement with that. The Titans are toast, man. They, they need to go ahead and, like you mentioned, Henry, give Malik Willis as much, as much experience as possible to see if he is the guy, because if he's not, then it's time to move on. I believe he's the guy. We all believe he's the guy because we've seen him play on the college level and he dominated when he played. So, but they keep sticking with Tannehill. The Titans are toast. And then I also mentioned panic in Cincinnati. I like we've also talked about going through the episode. They cannot fall into much more of a of a hole in that division. I know they have play us today. I'm, I'm hoping my boys get the victory. But the O-line seems like it hasn't improved. They went out and spent all this money on the O-line. It looks just as bad as it did last year. And if you have to play the, if you have to play the Steelers twice, you have to play the Browns twice, you have to play uh, the Ravens twice, those are three tremendous defenses, tremendous pass rushes. You cannot go three and three on those six games. So they have to start getting some of these out-of-division victories. And if not, panic in, in Cincinnati, man. I agree. I think we need to, as a commander's fan, I think we need to go ahead and call a spade a spade and do a real a real rebuild out here. Um, Carson Wentz was good for ticket sales. Um, he's performing pretty good. I think he has a, about a 65 and 65 and a half percent completion rate, completion percentage. But as the commanders, as the team, it, it's time to tear it down, man. We had a good defense by tearing it down a few years ago. About two years ago, we had a great defense. Um, something that you know made the league, you know, think, hey, maybe they can win, win a couple games, and we did win a couple games off of the defense. But offense has been lackluster since, in my opinion, since the Alex Smith days. Alex Smith, thank you, Henry, for giving us Alex Smith. Um, he gave us a few hopes. I think he had us about six and three, about three seasons ago before he tore his leg in multiple places. Um, but I think, you know, Carson Wentz was a good move for a different team. If you want to bring Carson Wentz in, like, to the Browns, I can see why you would do that. A competition back, not going to cost you an arm and a leg on that team, but also going to he's not going to lose you as many games as he's going to win. I mean, yeah, he's not going to lose as many games as he's going to win you. Mm-hmm. For us, we won against the Jags. Everybody can win against the Jags. Me, you, and Darius can go out there right now and probably get a few good plays off the Jags. Um, but the Lions, they're they're not ready to win now yet. We've been winning, we've been losing against teams for years that aren't ready to win. And I think as I think week two just showed us that, you know, hey, it's time to tear this all down, let Carson Wentz walk, um, and just suck for a, a few seasons. It's it's okay to suck for, for two seasons if we as fans, we just want to see that, you know, hey, we're trying to build something important here. Ron Rivera isn't the coach for us. I mean, he's a good ticket sale guy you get a guy that been to the super bowl before um carson wentz he was fighting with nick Foles for his job a couple nick Foles was who's talking about nick Foles anymore carson wentz went up to uh, indianapolis 
didn't do much there. Um, so that's what that's the main kicker for week two for me. Week two was just a heartbreak. Um, really happy for the Dolphins. I like Tua. A lot of people don't like Tua. I don't think he's going to keep this up. If he keeps this up, then who's to say that the Dolphins can't make a real run in the playoffs? Um, probably get two games. Um, <clears throat> um, another team for me, the Rams beat the brakes off the – well, not really beat the brakes off the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are what they are. The Falcons are basically like the Sacramento Kings of the NFL. That's how- <laughs> that is so accurate. That is so accurate. That's how I look at those two teams. And those are the takeaways. I think those two teams need to do the Falcons are already on their way there, but need to do real teardowns and, and really start from the ground up. There's some good wide outs. There's some great quarterbacks coming out um, that I think those that we can get our hands on. Hopefully we can. Um, the Chiefs, Chargers, Justin Herbert, speedy recovery. Um, we'll see where they become as the coming weeks. The Chiefs, Henry, I think y'all, you guys, I think you guys are going to, y'all might get a championship this year, man. I ain't lying. Pat Mahomes is a, a generational talent, and I'm telling you, I would trade an arm, a leg, and possibly part of my ear to get Pat Mahomes on my commanders, but that's I don't not- think that's enough, my boy. Yeah, Look, you might have to throw a enough. kidney in there, bro. Yeah, We're we gonna need a both, kidney alone. Kidneys, brother. Ones <laughs> 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 yesterday, Henry. I'll give you the ones for uh for Pat Mahomes, man. I'm telling All you, right, bro. Listen, I tell you what, bro. Like, I, I appreciate everything everybody's saying, right? Because when I start thinking about buying and selling and who is, like, after these first two weeks going into week three, who is the guy? Like, who are my folks, right? Right. Uh, of course. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've got them tattooed on the lines of my heart, Kansas City Chiefs, right? I know for a fact that Kansas City is going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, I, I look at their defense, and I say their defense is better now than it was last year. And that's to say that we had Tyron Matthews last year, right? Like I'm truly impressed through the first two weeks of what their def- what our defense is doing. I think we've got some folks who are getting to the quarterback whose name is not Chris Jones. And I'm really excited about that because once I think Chris Jones starts coming along, he had a slow game against the Chargers earlier this week. He was he played really slow. Fourth quarter, he emerged as that big time Chris Jones player that we know and love, that five-star guy who chose Mississippi State over all of the big offers he had, right? Like, I see Chris Jones as the leader of that defense, and I think his leadership doesn't have to be as much of on the field performance as it has to do vocal, because there are some young talent around that team that if he's vocal with that young talent, our defense is going to continue to emerge. Justin Reed, so glad to have you. The boy's playing some good football. Nobody's talking about him, but he's he's – a really good tackler of the football at that safety spot. And so I'm ready to see what he's going to do as we get to the middle of the season and late game. Um, I'm also buying high on the Miami Dolphins, man. That offense is premier, man. As as I was an offensive coordinator. I was an offensive coordinator for three years, um, well, two full years, and I was the interim for half a season. One of the things you hope for as an OC is a wealth of options. I can tell you my last season as an OC when I was coaching, uh, I don't know how I got fired. I mean, we won a championship and everything, but that's neither here nor there. That's a discussion for a later day, right? 
But what I can say is my last season as an OC, I coached the very best quarterback room I had ever coached, the very best receivers room I had ever coached, and the very best running back room I had ever coached. And in my opinion, I think that's where the Dolphins are at right now. I think right now the Dolphins have the very best quarterback room they've had in a long time. And that's not to say that we're overlooking, you know, what the coaches, the coaching staff has done, the new offensive mind that Mike Dan- Mike McDaniels is getting ready to be for that Miami team. But that's to say that I think Tua is more bought into football now than ever. I think that that receiving core is the best receiving core in football that only rivals the receiving core of the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think has this, the second best receiving core in football. And I think that the running attack that the Miami Dolphins have with two at the helm and some of those other running back by committee type of uh, situations they've got going on in Miami, I think that that offense is premier. And I think what can really solidify them as a strong team is if they find a legitimate number one running back. If they can bring somebody in, a stud at running back, if they can bring in that kid from Wisconsin, I don't know if y'all watch. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's got running back right now. Mm-hmm. The boy is 6'2", 240 pounds. And he runs a 4'5", and a 40. I've watched him play the last two weeks. If they can bring a kid in like that in Miami – Man, that team is going to be good for a really long time. So I'm buying high on Miami. I would expect them to be uh, hopefully a playoff team. I also have shifted my mindset. I'm buying high on the on the New York Jets, man. I'm buying high on the Jets. That makes you smile, Darius. I'm buying high on the Jets. But just for this week alone, I think I'm buying high on the Jets because I think they're going to beat the Bengals today. And so I'll be excited to chat with you about that game later on, bro. Um Two more buying highs, and then I'm going to go to my selling. I'm buying high on the 49ers. I think their guy is back in the driver's seat at quarterback. You know, Garoppolo, we know what we were getting with Garoppolo when we got him out of – we know what we were getting with him in New England. We know what we're getting with him in the 49ers. He is a game manager who has the ability – he has an above, above average arm. He has the ability to make certain throws. Some throws you look and say, okay, this guy needs to really ease up off of throwing the football, but then sometimes he can really let it go. And so I think that you know what you're getting with the quarterback in the 49ers right now. Uh, Hopes and prayers to healing for Trey Lance. Uh, You know, injuries always look crazy. And uh, the one he sustained earlier this week looks really bad. I hope that all goes well for him. uh, And I hope that he bounces back. Love seeing players of color in the league. So, Hope everything works out well for him. Uh, Last but not least, I'm buying high on Justin Herbert. I'm buying high on Justin Herbert, not because I like the Chargers, but because I like him as a high character guy. Justin Herbert did something in the end of uh, in the final quarter of the Chargers Chiefs game that as a coach, I would love to have had an opportunity to coach this guy. I coached a young man just like him, and uh, he did something that was huge for me. He stood in that game in the fourth quarter with broken ribs and threw a strike, 30-yard dot to the end zone with broken ribs. He's not vocal. They've talked about it. There's been many reports that says he's just not a vocal guy. He's pretty quiet. He's pretty reserved. But when he plays football, he has the loudest voice on that field. And I can tell you without question, Justin Herbert is pound for pound, one of the premier persons in the league. I see that as an observer. I think he's a high character person. His talent is just a compliment, just an accessory to who he is. 
So those are my buyings for the week. Uh, my sellings, man. God, I put so much stock into the Las Vegas Raiders, bro. I put so much so stock much into the Raiders, bro. So I, much, man. You, I, bro, you looking I, like uh, Dogecoin right now, bro. bro. Bro, I feel like, man, I feel like the Raiders heard the podcast and was like, screw you, Henry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's literally what it felt like. Yeah. Because with episode one, I was like the Raiders' biggest fan. And they go against my Chiefs twice a year. And right now, I'm wondering if the Raiders are even going to play football this season. Like, do they even need to continue playing? You know, Derek Carr, who has played in previous seasons like a potential MVP candidate, is really letting me down right now. Like, I expected so much out of him as a person, as a player, that I don't know what I'm getting with Derek Carr, right? Like, Derek Carr is... 61% 61% completion, four touchdowns to three interceptions, and you got 570, 547 passing yards, which is great. But your yards per attempt is questionable at best, 7.2 yards per, per attempt. That's that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's probably higher in the league as of now, but there are guys who are, like, out-dueling you, and they're not even starting quarterbacks. There are guys out dueling you right now, and they're not starting quarterbacks. So I, I don't know what I'm getting with the Raiders just yet. Like, I was really hoping that, you know, bringing in Devontae Adams was going to be a good addition, but I just, I don't know. And this is where I was, right? I told y'all, Tennessee is going to be a bad football team. Tennessee is going to be a bad football team because they're not willing to move past Ryan Tannehill and give Malik Willis a chance. You can try to hang your job on an older veteran quarterback, but when you have a star talent like Malik Willis, you need to put him on the field and you need to give him time to develop. That's the only way you're going to be a successful ball club. And so for that, I'm selling Tennessee. I would, I, we need to sell the t- the state of Tennessee. They're that bad. Like sell the whole state. They're that bad. Guys. So that's my buying and selling for the week. Okay. Just kind of, kind of smoothing out a couple of points you mentioned. He mentioned the Miami Dolphins running back by committee, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. They're good complimentary guys, but the running back from Wisconsin, he was talking about Braylon, Braylon Allen, number zero. He's only a sophomore, so he's going. they're going to have to wait one more year if they want to draft him, but Braylon Allen is a guy. He didn't didn't have the greatest game against Ohio State, but I mean, it is Ohio State, and Wait, was so, Ohio State. Ohio State was up by forty yeah. at halftime. What? Yeah, they they yeah. were. It was like forty-one to seven at halftime. So it it was bad yeah. for him. But he's a talent. That would be amazing. A guy I think Miami should try to look for this offseason. Kareem Hunt contract coming yeah. up. Kareem Hunt's looking like a player. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. just. The last thing we just want to mention, go ahead and get your fantasy lineups updated with a few injuries. Like Henry mentioned, Trey Lance, he unfortunately will miss the rest of the season after suffering a compound fracture of his ankle. And he also broke his tibula. So he's going to be done for the season, but he already had surgery. Uh, Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner, he went out with an ankle injury against the Raiders. He's still questionable. Devin DuVernay for the Ravens. Their receiver was placed in concussion protocol last week. Jerry Judy was forced out of the Texans game with a shoulder injury. 
Dalton Schultz was out of the the Dallas Cowboys final drive with a knee injury. And last but not least, this Tyler Craw. That was the last guy I wanted to mention for the Seahawks because he was a good tight end. He's out for the season as well. He's needing surgery. Wow. He hurt his knee. So make sure you guys get those fantasy lineups updated. <laughs> try to try to be like your boy and go three and zero this week. So three and zero, you got me this week, bro. Don't even do that. Don't even do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, don't even do that. You're gonna get dog walked. Hear me? <laughs> probably <laughs> will, cause man, you, you took Mahomes get- in the second round, bro. Like people was taking quarterbacks early. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Oh, another guy we want to mention, Mike Evans, will be suspended this week for week three. He won't be playing. So we don't only talk about the injuries. We talk about suspensions as well. Make sure you update that as well. Make sure you have him on that bench this week. So, yeah. That is all the content I have for you guys as your host for the Dynasty's podcast this week. Episode number two. Episode episode number two down. We're going to get it submitted and we're going to allow y'all to listen hopefully y'all can get this in before the games start today henry do you have anything you want to add hey real quick yeah real quick before we dip man what's your final thoughts man folks give us final thoughts share us share something with the people what you got for us alex give us something give us something good just a piece of wisdom before we get up out of here trust in god always believe in yourself uh believing god is greater nothing is too big nothing is too small um trust your initial gut don't go with the second one. And if you are new to football, if you're wanting to choose a team, do not choose my commanders because we will make it sad. This is sad last 12 years of my life. So that's all I got for you. Nah, that's facts. That's facts. Um just wanted to share, just wanted to share, you know, a little bit of uh a little bit of wisdom, something that like has really been resonating with me the past couple of weeks. Um, I just want folks to be mindful that it's not the youth's responsibility to find role models in us. It's our responsibility to be worthy role models for the youth that we interact with. Um, A lot of my life, a lot of my my day-to-day interaction is with young people. And so I just always want people to be mindful that it's your life living, you as an adult, you as a person who's listening right now, it's your life living that, someone who's younger is looking at and saying, can I emulate that? Can I be a part of that? Can I identify with that? And so be mindful that it's not their responsibility to see you as a remote, a role model. It is your responsibility to be seen as a role model. So do what's right, take care, protect folks at all times. If you can do what's right, do it. If you have a question about whether it's right or wrong, it's probably wrong. So choose goodness, choose kindness, choose peace and happiness. Choose love this week, family. Y'all be safe. Hen dog out. There we go. Another successful episode. Until next time, myself, Darius Capers, a.k.a. Kung Fu Cape, on the Twitch. Give me a follow. Henry Capers, last but not least, drop your socials. Let everybody know where you work out of, man. Yes, sir, man. Henry Capers, long live my reign, all caps on Instagram. You can also find me at the Capers Cares Foundation. Uh, always looking to do work and serve the community. So come check me out if you ever need some call. Boom. Amen. Last but not least, Alex Reed, drop your socials, man. Hey, man. Look, recently got hacked. I don't know how this happened, but follow me on 
Instagram, <laughs> 10 gold bands. That's 10, one, zero, G-O-L-D-B-A-N-Z underscore. Also follow me on Twitch, the highest order. That's all caps, 2K, Call of Duty, Multiverse, whatever you want to talk about. I'm with it. Whatever you want to play, I'm with it. As long as it's not Fortnite, because I'm trash. That's all <laughs> you guys. <laughs> hey, great episode, guys. We appreciate guys. y'all listening. Peace. Peace. Until next peace. time, everybody.